The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Hello, welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, and I am the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister, and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the Founder. If you are ever in the Chicagoland area, we would love to see you stop by the church for our Sunday morning service, which is 10.30 a.m. to until 12 noon Central Standard Time. We also live stream our service from on www.cutemple.org, that's www.cutemple.org. So log on on Sunday, check us out, enjoy a good service, a strong lesson that can transform your life, uh, great music, and fellowship with us online. And again, if you're ever in the area, we would love to see you. I'm currently teaching a series on the book Prosperity by Charles Fillmore. This book has been around for about 80 years or so, and it is a classic. Many of the self-help and different prosperity books are really teaching the principles out of this book, but basically modernized with examples uh, that are relevant to today's society. But I wanted to really teach this because it's a classic that has so many great principles in it. And I'm doing it chapter by chapter. And today we're on chapter five, the law that governs the manifestation of supply. Now, if you are just listening to this show and you haven't heard any of the other, the previous four lessons on prosperity, I would strongly suggest you click on and when you have the opportunity, 
download the shows, listen to them, and make sure that you get the book. Again, the book is available in soft cover and I don't know if it's still available in hardcover. And it's really inexpensive. And there are free online versions floating around the Internet if you just type Prosperity Charles Fillmore in your Google or Bing or whatever search engine you use. So there's no reason why you can't get the book. Make sure you give yourself the opportunity to get the book, because as I'm teaching it chapter by chapter, I would like everyone who is listening to this show to read ahead. So when I'm covering the material, you've already read it. Therefore, when you go back and follow along with me, hopefully you can receive maybe some new insights that the father will give you. But the main thing is this is a study on the book of prosperity. So informally, you're in a classroom and I want you to look at it that way. And if you have a question, you call in and make sure that you ask it because that's also a part of understanding that when when you need some clarity or you want to make a comment or you have a question, you actually ask. Now, the number to ask questions or call in is 888-558-6489, 888-558-6489. I also want to remind everyone that I do have a Facebook page, Truth Transforms, at, excuse me, Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. And if you haven't done so so far and you're on Facebook, please go to the page and click the like button so it can be shared with your friends. Now, let's go to page 70 in the book, The Law That Governs the Manifestation of Supply, Lesson 5. And in the first paragraph, he states, um, it is safe to say that all men are striving to fulfill the law of their being, but few have understood the law. The law is one of the most important things we can study because only as we come to understand it and in proportion as we understand it, can we comply with its requirements and demonstrate our divine possibilities through it. Now, I want to play with this paragraph because I know what he's saying baseline, which is, you know, understand universal law, the law that governs our being, etc. Uh, but I want to deal with it at, uh, at differently than how he is stating it. And then I'll come back to how he's stating it. First thing. Everybody's not necessarily aware of the law of their being, but I do think that people at some unconscious level want their lives to work. They might not necessarily know what that means, but they want their lives to work. They want to have health. They want to have peace. They want to have whatever. And I'm talking about under normal circumstances, obviously. So there is a law to my being. There's a law to your being. And I want to really simplify it by saying it this way. People are trying to discover what makes them tick. What makes them tick? In other words, like a clock, you want to make sure what is what are the mechanics of being uh, a spiritual being having what we call a human experience. And when we understand the law of our being, then we can literally work with life in an, in an empowered way because we know what makes us tick right now. Many people are struggling with life because they just don't understand what makes them tick, what life is all about for them. 
They don't understand the power of their own mind, the power of their own beliefs, the power of their own choices, the power of their own spoken word, et cetera, et cetera. So when you don't know what makes you tick, then it becomes a trial and error. Uh, uh, you, we can live in a trial and error way based upon um, whatever comes in our way. We're dealing with the situation as it's, as it is instead of creating a life based upon where we want to go. In other words, it's sort of like getting in a car and having no destination and you're just driving. So what we want to do is understand what makes us tick. That's understanding or fulfilling the law of our being. Because if I have and you have infinite possibilities within you, then when you understand what makes you tick, when you understand what God has already placed inside of you, when you realize that you are a spiritual being, then you can live and meet the challenges or opportunities of life uh, in a different way. Because when you don't know what makes you tick, situations pop up, emotions pop up, reactions come up because you don't realize what's going on on the inside. So obviously when you understand the law of your being, when you understand that thoughts are things, when you understand thoughts held in mind produce after their own kind, when you understand that God has placed all of this infinite potential and infinite possibility inside of you, then you can go forward. But you have to understand that. So he's saying that when you understand the law and, and its requirements, you can demonstrate your divine possibilities. When you understand the law of your own consciousness, and, and when I say that, I mean how you how your mind works, you can then demonstrate your divine possibilities. So on page 71, he states, we must begin to see this fourth dimensional world within with this innate capacity for all things. Everything is right here. All that ever was or ever could be simply waiting to be brought forth into manifestation. That's a very powerful statement. Now, Fillmore likes to use terms like fourth dimensional, et cetera, to get us beyond thinking about the three dimensional, what we call physical world. But what he's really basically saying is something that is so profound if we could grasp it, understand it and apply it. That everything that ever could exist is waiting to be brought forth in the manifestation. It took someone with the consciousness of aerodynamics to bring forth the airplane it took someone with the consciousness of of computers to bring forth computers it took someone with the consciousness to say i want a computer on the phone like a steve jobs to bring forth what we now call it smartphones but it was available. The technology that was created, you know, plastic, metal, you know, wires, etc. The ability to do it has always been there. But as the consciousness evolves, more opportunities present themselves. So the things that we used to think were impossible 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, our children are now being born into a consciousness that we didn't even consider as possible growing up. You know, you know, growing up dialing your rotary phone, and now you just talk to your phone and just say dial, you know, you know X Y Z, and your phone just does it. You don't even have to dial the number now. 
different consciousness is already here. The idea is already here. The possibility is already here. The potential is already here. Now, I want you to just think about something that you want to manifest in your own experience. And just and just accept the possibility that everything is right here. All that ever was or ever could be simply waiting to be brought forth into manifestation. The good that you desire at a level is already here. Not manifested, but in potential. Not manifested, but in possibility. Not manifested, but in the level of idea. He goes on to say in that same paragraph, we have right here within and all around us this substance ready for our appropriation or eating. Eating is the outer symbol of mental appropriation. We begin to break by breaking the substance of mind everywhere abundantly provided. So he's saying, and I talked about this infinite substance in great detail during the first show in lesson one of this series. So I'm not going to go back over that, but this universal essence pure possibility pure potential is everywhere equally present but we have to eat of it or partake of it mentally in other words as we think we are shaping and forming our own lives now he goes on to say we have discovered that there is within us a life force that can be quickened into greater activity by thinking so we already have a life force within us we're connected to this universal substance but we also have this life force this potential this power that's flowing within us not only in our minds but actually in our bodies you know when people uh, practice different holistic medicines um you know like the chinese people use the term chi and the japanese and the koreans use ki or you know some of the people use um i believe in in india prana they use different terms we'll use life force you know the the you know maybe the the christian folks will you know we say holy spirit it's a life force the hebrew would say the ruach the breath of God, but it's a life force that can be quickened and and utilized into greater activity by how you think about it. So in other words, you can give life to experiences by how you think about it. And by how you also think about it, you can kill something in your own experience. You can you can literally destroy your own good, your own health, your own peace of mind, your own prosperity, your own relationships, your own success by how you think. And you can enhance your prosperity, your health, your peace of mind, your relationships, your life, your success, your work, etc. by how you think, by the words that come out of your mouth, etc. Because it's all here waiting for you. So Mr. Phil go Mr. Fillmore goes on and says at the bottom of that page, if the demonstration seems slow in coming. Patience and persistence will win. That may be because the poverty consciousness has a tenacious hold and takes effort to be 
got rid of. Now, sometimes when people uh, study new thought, you know, they'll say, hey, I watched The Secret and I tried it for three days and nothing happened. Well, nothing happened because nothing happened on the inside. This isn't a surface teaching. We're saying that the transformation that happens in your soul will manifest outwardly as your experience. You can't gloss over soul work. You can't gloss over the transformation of your own consciousness. You can't gloss over the releasing and letting go of prejudices and biases and and upbringing and traditions and culture and uh you know race and gender issues that you might have picked up along the way overnight is it possible that it can be dropped overnight absolutely does it always happen that way no it doesn't so it's important to understand that sometimes the thing that you're wrestling with the thing that you're wrestling with it because you still have a hold on it. Some part of your soul doesn't want to let go of the story because it won't let go of the story. The things that are connected to that story have to still be a part of your experience. Because if you, for instance, have a story about being a victim of someone, you can't be a victor and a victim at the same time. So to keep your victim story, you have to be victimized. You can't live in power and be a victim. It doesn't work like that. So you get to choose. But when you choose it, you choose it all. You choose it all. You say, well, I've been working with this truth and I've been reading the books and I've been listening to the CDs and et cetera. I understand that. But what are you holding on to that needs to be let go of? Is it somebody that needs to be forgiven? Is it a situation you need to release? Is it a past that needs to be put back in the past where it belongs? Think about it. Something needs to be released. Because he said sometimes the poverty consciousness has a tenacious hold. But I would suggest that we have a tenacious hold on it, not vice versa. It is literally us holding on to our story. We're not holding on saying, I want to be broke. I want to be broke. We're holding on to stories and we're holding on to habits and we're holding on to ways that reinforce the poverty consciousness. So what has to happen is we have to then recreate a new set of thoughts, feelings, and beliefs that are empowered by actions, words, and reactions that are in alignment with prosperity instead of pulling us away from the prosperity consciousness. Something to think about. So I'm going to um, take a, our first break. Again, I want to give you the number to call in if you have any questions. The number is 888-558-6489. 888-558-6489. We're going to take our first break. We'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Online Radio is bringing the message of unity to tens of thousands of spiritual seekers around the world. 
If you have been served by this programming, we invite you to support it by visiting www.unity.fm and clicking on Donate Now. Thank you for your support. When you pray, do you wonder if anyone is listening? What should and can you ask of God? Why aren't your prayers being answered? Prayer is a challenge for many of us. Now there's a new book that can help deepen your understanding. Based on his 35 years in ministry, author Jim Rosemurgy has developed a prayer and meditation practice called The Gathering. In just 40 days, The Gathering will become your foundation for a genuine, ever-deepening experience of God's imminent presence and unlimited power. You'll understand that God can't fulfill your needs, but your needs can be met. You'll see that prayer isn't something you do. It's something you experience. Explore Jim Rosemurgy's new book, The Gathering, a 40-day guide to the power of group and personal prayer. Available now at www.unitybooks.org. What is the secret to happiness? Why do bad things happen to good people? What is our purpose in life? What must I do to bring healing into my life? Join Rev. Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday for a metaphysical romp. Explore fundamental unity principles put into action through real-life scenarios from people like you. Call in with your questions and spiritual challenges, and let Paul take you on a journey of profound personal understanding and transformation. That's Metaphysical Romp with Rev. Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I'm Teaching Prosperity by Charles Fillmore, and we are in Chapter 5, or Lesson 5, and I am now on page, excuse me, 74. And right in the middle of the page, Mr. Fillmore says, We don't have to pray or beg for God to give us anything. All we need to do is to meditate quietly and affirm the presence and power of the great giver of all and then accept the gifts. To be true to the law is to stop looking to the without and to look within for supply. Looking to the within means fixing the mind on God as an ever-present spirit that is also substance and power. Now, We don't have to pray or beg God to give us anything. Just sit with that for a minute. And again, I know we've emphasized that over and over again, but we can't hear that enough. We think that, you know, that prayer sometimes is a proposition. If you do this, if you do this, God, I'll do that. Oh, I'll do this guy first and you do that, et cetera. We're dealing with universal law. You don't have to proposition water to boil. You create the setting for it. 
And I know some people think that, well, you know, that's way too mechanical for the way people think about God. But until we can get outside the concept of a God that has a human personality that blesses some and doesn't bless others or punishes others based upon some standard that we can never understand, then we're in bondage to that belief because we can never measure up. You're never good enough because you don't know if even if you do all the right stuff that that con- that got God under that concept, not the God, but God under that concept will bless you. And then, you know, for those who believe in the other power, you know, the devil and evil and all of that stuff, you can do all the right stuff. And, you know, according to that belief, the devil can just get in your business and mess it up. So we're trying to pull away from that thought process and step into a thought process that's built upon God as besides infinite love and grace, but also divine law. All right. So we don't pray and beg God to give us anything. So when he says all we need to do is meditate quietly and affirm the presence and power, if we're in a, in a state of consciousness where where that's all that's needed to be done, we do that. But we also, as we pray and meditate and affirm the presence, we might be guided to get up and take these specific actions. And when we do so, everything works out. Or we might get up and say, go to the corner um, grocery store. And while you're there, you bump into that right person at the right time who is the person you need to talk to or to get the job or get the business deal or make the connection that you need to make, et cetera. That's how it works. Get over there and go get some bread. You go up there and get some bread and then you bump into somebody you went to high school with who has the connections you need to get what you need. It works like that. It happens so many times, but we don't realize that that's being obedient and paying attention to the paying attention to the still small voice within so we disregard it like oh okay you never guess what would happen i bumped into such and such and such downtown you know but you didn't think about the fact that you had been praying and you were guided to go do something that maybe wasn't originally on your agenda and just because you did it at that particular time you were able to make a connection those things happen you know, you know, a, a store you've never gone in before and then you meet somebody that ends up being your wife or your husband or, you know, different things like that just happen, you know, et cetera. Anyway, moving on. On page 76 and 77, because I can't obviously teach the whole chapter page by page in a limited amount of time. He talks about the soul having the impression of the image of God on it. So in other words, many times we think we're physical body, sometimes a soul. And we don't really know what that means. We just, you know, we just realize that it's not physical. But Mr. Fillmore wants to make sure that we understand that we are spiritual beings and impressed on the inner resources of our soul deeply within us is the image and likeness of God, our true nature, who we really are. We're really spiritual beings that have a soul and body. But we, you know, think of ourselves as a body. 
primarily. So he's saying that within us is all the attributes of good. He uses the example of the photographer and all of those type of things and, and what's being impressed upon uh, the, um, the, the photo paper, etc., using language of his day. But then he goes on on page 77 and he drops a, 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 a bombshell, which I think is really good, talking about the story of King Solomon, where he states, God is mind and his gifts are not material, but spiritual, not things, but ideas. Now, this goes back to Jesus's statement of seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Seek the idea, seek the fulfillment and understanding of the idea, because the idea is fully clothed. Everything that is needed for the manifestation of an oak tree is in the acorn or whatever you know, seeded oak tree use. I think it's an acorn. Whatever is needed for the the watermelon is in the watermelon seed. You put it in its proper setting, it grows. Where the idea for your good, for your healing, for your breakthroughs, for your success, for your prosperity, for your relationship, for your family, for whatever it is that you're working with, the seed is already there as a possibility and it is perfect. But you have to put it in the right setting for it to work. So we pray to God for the thing and it's the idea that can get the thing, not only get the thing, but can continually feed you the thing. Because if a person offers you an orange or an orange tree, most people would take the orange tree. Why? Because if you have an orange tree, you will always have oranges. And when you have a prosperity consciousness, you will always have prosperity. Instead of somebody giving you something that can be taken away or, 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 you know, this, this is why seeds are so important. When you, when, when you can plant and teach and many times in, in cultures where people are having extreme poverty, one of the things that organizations do is go over and teach the people agriculture because if they can learn how to grow their own food, then they have a level of independence. Well, Every person is growing their own quote unquote food in the sense that they're growing their own ideas. We have to learn how to how to be farmers of our own mind, how to plant the ideas that we desire to be manifested as harvest. What type of seeds are you planting in your mind? Oh, my God. That was actually a uh, I, I could hear Reverend Coleman saying that like literally in my head right now. What type of seeds are you planting in your mind? Because your thoughts are your seeds. What type of seeds are you planting in your mind? Because the type of seeds that you're planting in your mind will determine the type of life that you have. You know, I remember years ago, uh, Reverend Coleman was teaching a lesson. It was in the early, mid-90s. And she said, you can't see anything that's not in you. And she was talking about specifically about things that upset and frustrate us. That it would be no way for those things to upset and frustrate us if those thoughts, those beliefs, those feelings were not already on the inside. Because those were the type of seeds that have been, have been planted. 
So not only does like begets like and like attracts like, but like acknowledges or sees like, even when we don't want to call it that. So if you have a lot of drama going on around your life right now, you're planting drama seeds and you've planted drama seeds. And the only way you won't have that drama is to detach from the drama and create a new experience based upon how you want your life to live. Now, whether those people are in that experience or not is your choice. But the seeds have been planted already. If not, it wouldn't show up the way it's showing up. Moving on. Page 78. Mr. Fillmore talks about Jesus. He says Jesus understood and used the law, uh, this law of forming the formless substance by the power of imagination and will, which I thought was really interesting because he, he normally puts imagination and faith together. And I thought this was really interesting that he put imagination and will because imagination forms thought into images. But do we have the will? To push through. You know, many times when when um, the 12 powers are taught, which is in unity and Fillmoreian thought, uh, will is many times mentioned as God's will for absolute good. But that was not what Charles Fillmore was trying to get across when he was teaching it. Will means the executive power of your mind, your ability to choose. Because until you make the choice, until you make a decision, until you use your mind to say yes or no or up or down or left and right, then then everything is abstract. You have to actually use the power of your mind. And when you're not using your power of your mind consciously, you're using it unconsciously, which creates a weak will. That's why some people don't have the will to get the things done. The moment they get they feel a little resistance, they stop because they don't know how to push through stuff because they haven't used their will. Don't know how to use it. Now, getting the will to the point to where it can surrender and do the will of God, that's a, that's another conversation because that's the ultimate goal. Yes, and I realize why people taught, teach that. But you can't give something even to God that you don't own. And most of us don't own our minds. Our minds take us where we want it to go, where it wants to go. We feel anything, any type of emotion. We allow ourselves to say any kind of words, think and pull up any type of images. And the will is the one that says no to that. No, I'm not going to think that. No, I'm not going to focus on that. This is where I'm putting my mind. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to accomplish. It's the will that plans to work and works to plan. So it's one thing to see it in imagination, but do you have the will power to bring it through? Now, some things require willingness and some things require willpower. You know, when you're working out, there are times, and I'm a person who works out, where I don't want to do the next exercise or give me five more or ten more or whatever, et cetera, or, you know, 
stay on the treadmill or ride the bike a little bit longer or, you know, I, I practice martial arts or, you know, give me, you know, 10 more of that whatever particular exercise or 10 more minutes of, you know, this particular stance or whatever. Why does that matter? Because you have to push through because you only create, you, you, you literally set up um, a new limitation. And I don't mean that negatively because physically you, you'll hit a wall and then eventually you have to push through or, or if, because if you don't, that wall becomes your barrier for what you think is possible for you physically. Now, if that happens physically, what about mentally? You have to have the willpower to push through for your breakthrough. You must have the willpower to push through for your breakthrough. Going on, page 80, he states, We are now on the verge of a new state of mind that matters financial. Let us do away with the erroneous idea, I would say thought, that men must be poor to be righteous. Money is man's instrument, not his master. Money was made for man, not man for money. Only those who put money above man and give it power in their minds by worshiping it are the rich men to whom Jesus referred in his story about the camel and the needle's eye. So, again, there is no righteousness in poverty. There is no holiness in poverty. There's nothing evil about having money. See, you know, Reverend Ike tells a story. I uh, used to tell a story I thought was very interesting where he stated that um, that he was on the way to one of his residences and in a, a really, really wealthy area, and he got stopped by the security person. Uh, and when the security person stopped him, he asked him um, where he was headed. And he said, I'm going to that house up there. And he said, and the officer asked him, do you know these people? Do you know those people? And Reverend Ike said, I am those people. So he then he stated, you know, uh, never, never curse someone else's prosperity. In other words, if a person has gotten their good, and I'm not talking about crooks and all that other stuff. And even then, be careful of how you address and apply that still, you know, you know, legally it can be addressed. But if you're focusing on what somebody else is doing and not on what you need to do in your own mind, you can set up limitations for yourself anyway. I'm stating that to, to say this. Be careful about how you talk about people with wealth, because if you believe that wealth in any way, shape or form has has any evil or shadiness involved with it and you want to be a upstanding, righteous person, then your subconscious mind will deduce that they don't go together so you can't have it. If you want to be righteous, you've got to be poor. No, that's ridiculous. So you have to get in your mind that prosperity and righteousness go together. Prosperity and righteousness go together all the time, all the time, all the time. Now, who are you affirming that for? Yourself. It doesn't make a difference what another person believes. You're affirming it only for you. Again, you're only affirming it for you. You're developing your own prosperity consciousness.
again, I want to remind you that uh, also before we take this last break, that Christ Universal Temple live streams is Sunday services, 1030 a.m. to 12 noon Central Standard Time at www.cutemple.org. I also would like to remind you that this station, www.unityonlineradio, is supported by your love offerings, your donations, your supporting gifts. So as you have freely received, please freely give so we can continue to spread this good news around the world. We're going to take our last break and we'll be right back with Truth Transformed. Chris Michaels, host of Healing Your Life on Unity Online Radio, is an author, life coach, national speaker, and the founder and spiritual director of the Center for Spiritual Living in Kansas City, Missouri. Through his writing, coaching, and speaking, Chris has helped thousands of people understand the basic spiritual principles that govern our lives. In his book, Your Soul's Assignment, he reminds us that we each have something to do here on Earth, a unique purpose to our lives. If you're interested in discerning what is yours to do, are looking for practical spiritual principles to inspire your life, or coaching to provide you with the tools to live more fully, visit Chris's website at www.chrismichaels.net. That's www.chrismichaels.net. Are you ready for the next steps on your spiritual path? If you are, you won't want to miss the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. Essential insights and practices from the ancient yoga science of self-realization show us how to live healthier, happier, more balanced lives. The benefits of spiritually conscious living start now. For a time-tested method to live with purpose and realize your infinite potential, tune in to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Rev. Ellen Grace O'Brien, every Thursday morning at 10 Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I'm on page 80 of the book Prosperity. And Mr. Fillmore states that man will not have to wait for seed time and harvest when he learns to use the power of his mind. Now, I love this statement only because it challenges me because human conditioning says there's a process to everything. Nothing just happens. Uh, and there's a seed time and harvest for everything, even universal law, even planting seeds, etc. But he's saying that. When you really know who you are, that's how I'm interpreting it. Let me say it that way. When I know who I am, I can demonstrate what I need or desire on demand. 
that's a challenge for me. Not challenge from the standpoint of hard, challenge for me from the standpoint of something to strive for. Because I'm sure that I have similar experiences that you have, that some things work smoothly and some things uh, require some effort and some things are really great growth opportunities right now. What would it look like in your life if you could demonstrate what you wanted, needed, or desired on demand? Just ponder that thought. Okay. That like Jesus meeting the need, and the Bible has plenty of stories. Jesus with feeding the 5,000. With five fishes, five fish and two uh, and um, two loaves, or something like that, and or the Jesus, you know, just addressing whatever issues that needed to be addressed at the time, like turning the water into wine. Now, however, these things literally happen is irrelevant. The issue is the is that the demand was met. I, you know, I'm not a person who believes that Jesus prayed over something and food started multiplying like popcorn. Somehow, some way, the need was met. That's what the story is really telling us. The need was met. So the question is this. When you have the consciousness for what we call the miraculous, the need gets met. The Hebrew children uh, had the manna and the quail daily. The need was met. When I believe it was uh, it was Elijah or Elisha. I'm trying to remember which one it was. When when the people came and prayed for rain because of the drought, and he told the people, you know, you know, prepare for the rain, dig the ditches for it. The need was met sometimes in strange ways Joshua marched around the walls of Jericho with the priest and the Ark of the Covenant and blow the trumpet and the walls will fall you might have something that right now might seem impenetrable and God is guiding you to do something that right now might not seem to make sense to you and you have a trust opportunity right now to see if you can get a breakthrough All right, page 81. Mr. Fillmore goes on to say, there is a universal law of increase. It is not confined to bank accounts, but operates on every plane of manifestation. Now, there's a universal law of increase. In other words, it works everywhere. Universal. And for everyone, it's universal. In every situation, because it's universal. And it's not confined to bank accounts or it's not confined to what you currently have. You can be literally broke and it still operates on every plane of manifestation. It operates as what is needed at the time. Now, one of the ways that he doesn't speak on this is. What is this universal law of increase? Praise. 
Praise is the law of increase. What you praise, you expand. What you praise, you raise. You know, you know, it's sort of like funny, like some people, like my mom, she had a green thumb, and I know I don't. So, but people who love plants, they can talk to plants, and the plants do well, and et cetera, because the love is there. At some level, molecular level, the plant is responding to the praise. So we have to learn how to praise our experiences. In other words, we have to praise ourselves out of what we're going through. Now, Mr. Fillmore says in the next paragraph on page 81, do not give too close study to yourself or your present condition. To dwell in mind upon your seeming limitations only prolong their stay and make your progress slow. So in other words, don't keep your mind on what you don't want. Put your mind on what you do want. Put your mind on what works, not on what doesn't work. Put your mind on where you want, where you want to be and what you want to express in your life. And when you start doing that, start asking yourself the question, how can I bring this into my experience? What do I need to do instead of why you can't? Because if you ask, if you say to yourself you can, you're right. If you say to yourself you can't, you're right. If you ask yourself how you can get it done, your mind will start processing and working with that. But if you say to yourself it can't be done, your mind will give you every reason why it can't or you can't. So yet again, it's your own mind, consciousness, 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 consciousness. So on page 82, he states, Never allow yourself to come under the control of the I can't man. He believes in limitation, wraps his talents in them, and hides it away in the negative earth, and no increase is possible to him. Be positive in spirit, and you will succeed. So in other words, he is literally saying, stay away from the I can't mentality. Stay away from it. Completely stay away from it. Because if you allow the I can't mentality to dominate, it will literally sit on your talents, sit on your skills, sit on your abilities, and you can suffer when you have the talent to succeed. Because if you don't believe in you it doesn't matter how talented you are you have to believe you have to believe in yourself that you deserve the best that you deserve it he goes on to say on page 85 pray but let your prayer be affirmative for it is the prayer of faith a begging prayer filled with ifs is a prayer of doubt keep praying keep praying until affirmations become a habit of mind in other words what you are affirming is the way you think normally 
So when stuff comes up, your mind automatically lines up. Speak the truth to it. Speak the truth to it. Because if the affirmation, you see, at times when you're saying affirmations, a part of your mind said, this is a lie, I don't believe this, et cetera, et cetera. So this is why you have to do it over and over again, over and over again, over and over again, over and over again. It's like any other habit that you develop. You do it over and over again. You give a kid a basketball and tell them to dribble, shoot, pass. Most of the time, they'll struggle initially. Dribble, okay, yeah. You can't run with the ball. You have to dribble. You have to know the rules of the game. But once they learn the rules and they continue to practice the rules, then it becomes natural to dribble without stumbling over your feet and losing control of the ball. It becomes natural to pass. It becomes natural to shoot. And the more you practice, you can shoot further away from the rim. But you have to practice it. You know, but you know, but we live life spiritually like uh, learning one lesson of basketball and then we go away. Or we learn a lesson of basketball and we think we can play the game. But you only got one lesson. You watch somebody play basketball sometimes. <laughs> in other words, you watch somebody succeed in life, but you didn't put the, the principles in the practice for yourself. He goes on to say on page 85, see what you need is already manifest and as yours. Do not put it off to some uncertain future time. God wants you to have it now. I'm going to read that again. See what you need is already manifest and as yours. Do not put it off to some uncertain future time. God wants you to have it now. Now think about that. See what I need. See what you need as already here. Manifested physically in existence. Let me put it that way. Already in existence and yours. Don't put it off to some uncertain future time. One day, someday, I'll take that vacation. Someday, one day, I'll do this, etc. Someday, one day, I'll have enough money to live the way I want. Someday, one day, I'll have that house. Someday, one day, I'll get the car that I want. Someday, one day, I'll be able to put my do whatever for my kids. Someday, one day. God wants you to have it now. God wants you to have it now. Every time an excuse pops up in your mind about why you can't have your good, affirm yourself, God wants me to have it now. God wants me to have it now. God want, Now, that doesn't mean go and make an erroneous decision. Go spend your, your, your mortgage money on some boots you want. But if God wants you to have it now, you should be able to handle your responsibilities and get what you need. And and if that means that it has to come to you in divine order, your now just means you're affirming it now. And, they might, and as you develop that consciousness, the moment you fully have that and grasp it, then it'll be yours. The universe will force it down your throat because it has to fulfill itself. God wants you to have it now. Can you accept that? God wants you to have it now. So he says, and I want to close on this, to give up all anxiety and trust in the Lord does not mean to sit down and do nothing. My father worked until now and I work. We are to work as God works, to work with God as a son follows the occupation 
of his father. So as God guides you, that doesn't mean you don't take any action. You don't do anything. It just only means you take the guided action that that you need. Remember, faith without works is dead. You have to take action. Action does it. Action does it. Action does it. Action does it. Don't stay in your head. Take that faith, take that imagination, etc. after you do your inner work and work with constructive action to bring forth your good as guided by spirit. Now, remember, next week we're going to do lesson six, wealth of mind expresses itself in riches. So keep that in mind. We're going to walk powerfully into this, these lessons so we can live a transformed life. Don't forget also, as I've been reminding you, the Universal Foundation for Better Living's Panorama of Truth is in July, July 17th through the 21st in San Antonio, Texas. Go to www.ufbl.org uh, so you can get more information about it. God bless you, and I will be with you next week with Truth Transforms. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. What if you were intentional about your life, committed to having more energy and being more vibrant? Join Reverend Temple Hayes, Senior Minister of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, as she guides you on a journey to an intentional and energetic life. Empower your life and fully express the wondrous energy, love, and joy you hold in your wildest imagining. Joyfully and actively know that more important than what happens after you die is the deeper and enriching concern for what happens while you're living. How can you experience an incredible life right now? Learn how each week on The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central Time, right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. According to an ancient Hindu teaching, if you can only speak the truth and tell no lies for 12 consecutive years, you can attain enlightenment. Resolve to be honest with yourself and others starting today, and after 4,383 days, you just may become enlightened. This meditative moment from Rev. Joan Gattuso and Unity Magazine is brought to you by Unity. Mark Nepo and Daniel Namod at Unity Village for The Exquisite Risk, Daring to Live an Authentic Life, September 19th through 22nd, 2013. Learn more at unityvillage.org slash N-E-P-O.
I'm Laura Worcester, host of the Intuitive Life Podcast. As an intuitive medium and teacher working with the world of spirit, I love to share the peace that comes with the awareness that our departed loved ones are still with us. And I also love to help people explore what it means to live an intuitively led life. Start listening now on mindbodyspirit.fm or wherever you get your podcasts.